Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the Bobby Orr, behind the left of Sanderson, Orr! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bulls! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are shorthanded. Ray Bork. and gold hockey podcast this is episode 211 it is january 10th 2021 as always we are sponsored by bet online ag which mark will tell us a little more about in a few minutes but right now i just want to say i am me heather ingerson as you know inga the big mouth and i am here with mark Ared, the og of the bng uh bng empire that we are growing here at the black and gold hockey productions hello mark hello heather what's going on Exciting week, lots of topics to, uh, to go through, a uh, little recreation uh, yesterday, which was a lot of fun with some folks that I really enjoyed spending time with, and um, yeah, I'm pumped because the season is starting this week. We're going to talk about a whole ton of that stuff, but back to you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say uh, once again, thank you very much, you and some our, of our old friends. It was nice to see out there, Scott and Ernie and whatever. I didn't even recognize uh, Derek because I haven't seen him in 20 years. But and two of the Dump and Change boys joined you in Newburyport yesterday on the Mall, and you guys uh, let my six-year-old have his first pond hockey experience yesterday. That's awesome. So. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunate we got together 
to um, to get some ice. It was it was a little sketchy out there. Uh, uh, you know, having some some guys that are, are pushing two hundred pounds out on uh, a couple inches of ice, and but it was fun. I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with uh, Nick from the Dump and Change and Nestor from the Dump and Change. Yeah. Uh, both both got some uh, some skill on the ponds. I was impressed by both of them. So. Uh, a lot of fun, and, uh, and great to see old friends that I went to school with and hung around with for for years. So, it was a it was a great day, and it was a perfect day for it. So, I'm glad it happened. And my streak of uh, playing hockey one day every year for 35 years is alive. So I'm yeah. proud about that. No, you guys really. I can't wait to see some of the GoPro footage. Um, it was uh, fun to watch you guys out there. I agree with you. I was like, oh, these dumb yeah. change boys can skate. I can't skate, well, but I could. I, I usually walk out on the ice, but I instead enjoyed catching up with my friend Scott. I haven't seen him forever in a day, but Un- it was nice to see you guys out there. Unfortunately, the GoPro footage was a massive failure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I set it to, I think, um, time lapse. So it got all 58 minutes that I recorded in like three minutes. That's weird. Can you reverse time lapse? No, I, don't no, I, I, I looked to edit it, and I guess once you go with one one setting... That's it. You can't revert it back. So the next time I'm going to have to pay attention actually to technology and do it in steps instead of, you know, just hitting the button and going because that's what I did. (laughs) Well, like I I said to you yesterday, good news is that uh, apparently we're getting some polar vortex, you know, every now and then Canada likes to send the polar vortex clean down to the Carolinas and that might be coming in the next few weeks. So you'll have plenty. We can go out on Lake Gardner probably in the next week or two. So winter just really began here, even if it really started two weeks ago. So I'm sure you guys will get out there plenty this winter. But he was really pumped and he was all excited. Like I said, he really was like, no, I want to get in the pond. So I'm like, okay, 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 man, I'll bring it down. He was the best. That was the best part I think was funny is when I like look and I can see him going. He's like looking, why is no one skating over here on this perfectly fine ice? Because they're still not frozen. Oh, that scared the crap out of me. Well, the thing is, he's not the best listener because he's a six-year-old boy, you know what I'm saying? But right. he heard that, though. I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. He's probably like, what's behind this building? Not yeah. yet, buddy. Not oh, yet. Oh, so. damn. Uh, yeah. yeah, he startled me. But um, I sat him down and just said, listen, you can't go by the this and you can't go by that and see the water. When you see the water rippling like that, you yeah. need to turn around yeah. and come back. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool. That's but I said to Ernie, I was like, look at all right over there. Tell letting them to know ice safety, which is important <laughs> because we've had a few mild winters. Yeah. So that's partly why he hasn't, you know, he wouldn't probably remember anyways because he's little, but like it was nice and it's only getting colder. So yeah. I didn't mean to yell like, hey, oh, no. I just wanted to get his I'd attention. That. Luckily, he's tall enough. He wouldn't have drowned if he went under. Right. But still, but still it's cold and so on. Fall under ice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's best if you don't. But anyways, good times. And I'm um, sorry, Dump and Change boys. I would love to actually talk to you later because it was like, hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for skating with my kid. But next time, bonding, beers, dinner, something. Absolutely. You know I mean? No, that's in, that's definitely in, in play. And what is in play is our show sponsor, betonline.ag. Are we ready for football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with playoff picture becoming clearer. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. Like I said, Boston Bruins are starting Thursday, but the NHL is starting on Wednesday, so it's a great time to get your futures in. You can still 
predict if you want the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup and put a small investment that could possibly double and triple your amount. There's college football top 10 games. There's uh, current headlines in sports that you can bet on. It's crazy. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. Hey, I would bet on my Buffalo Bills because I'm like, yeah, buddy. Now, there's lots of things. I noticed college bet, not me and your thing, but college basketball's back on. Plenty of things to bet on. BetOnline.ag just has all everything. It's worldwide stuff, too. I mean, if you're you're obviously a hockey fan, if you're listening and and watching this on YouTube, um, but... You know, you can go there and bet on stuff that's uh, happening overseas. Uh, you could you could bet on P- Peter Solarek scoring a thirty goal season because he's not over here in the states. So, I mean, this there's, there's plenty of ways to get involved in all sports year uh, worldwide. So, great company, highly recommend. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if they had World Juniors betting because if they did, I hope people bet on USA USA. Nice. Oh my God, yeah. this was. This was a crazy, crazy game. Uh, the Edmonton bubble for the World Juniors, the 2021 World Juniors, was exciting. Uh, it was, it was. It, when it comes down to a Bruins aspect, it sucked because John Beecher, you know, he he tested positive in the bubble, and his and his um, roommate Bordalo didn't test positive, but they both had to leave the bubble, which absolutely sucks. And then immediately out of the bubble the next day, he pro- he provided two negative tests. That, which is even worse, but the uh, IIHF rules are if you tested once, you, you got to go. It, there's no ifs, ands, or bouts, or, or a second or third test after to, to prove anything. It's once you tested and it says, yeah, you're out. And that's, that's unfortunate because this was John Beach's uh, last time that he could represent his country at this level. So, um, that, that, you know, that sucks. And it sucks for his roommate that didn't test. Um, he tested negative, but he, because he was a, you know, a roommate, he had to go, and that close, so it's unfortunate. But the USA won a game that, even as a hard-earned, you know, die-hard American, did not like think it was going to happen. I, I did not have this team. I knew this team was going to be really good in all the preliminary rounds and so on. But up against Canada, I was like, oh, we might be a little outmatched here. But they came through, and Spencer Knight, OMG, is that guy a brick wall. I mean, BC is so lucky to have them, and so do the Florida Panthers lucky to have them. Now they have two problems. But you know what's even funnier is the goalie spent tonight and the goalie for Canada, Levi, they're both Florida Panthers freaking prospects. <laughs> so what does that do for Bobrovsky? That just says buyout for me, to me. Yeah. Yes. Good luck buying out that contract, I'm just saying. <laughs> um I was, I, I don't want to brag, but I do think that last week I said, I don't want anyone to think we're not patriotic. We got to give the boys a little bump because I, I absolutely do think we were an awesome team, but Canada definitely outmatched us a little bit, but I don't know what happened with team Canada besides Spencer Knight standing on his head. And these boys had like, they, they, not only did they win this game, they controlled this game, even though it was close or whatever, like they it was like they were waiting for the right moment, and it's like the do or die, right? It's the last game. You're either going to win or not win. You know what I mean? And maybe even for all the naysayers, like, I don't know, all of Canada. I'm just saying, and half of the USA. But We love our Canadians, boys, by the way. Re- represent, well, this nation needs people like you. 
to represent us on the world stage in these, like, can't wait, you know, like we missed the Olympics. So this was a good taste of, I love, like, I know there are many international competitions, but let's face it. It's the big ones like this that people get jacked up. And this is funny to say, given the week that's rolled out in our country, but you know, like the only thing that saved a national depression in Canada was the next day happening. <laughs> See, it was just other way because Canada really, really loves them some world juniors. Oh, yeah. This is how they predict their future Canadian, like Hall of Famers, like the best Canadians ever born and yep. stuff. And Canada, they they steamrolled. There was a reason that it was kind of a little nerve-wracking going in because, I mean, Canada was steamrolling. Like, just they were winning and winning. And I know you can make the argument, you know, like Germany was really half the team they should have been and things like that. But still, like the way they were playing, like they were clearly the dominant team in this competition the whole time. But it doesn't matter how many you win as long as you win the last one. And USA, USA. So I just wanted to say that. But, you know, there is a Canadian that we do love. Bringing it. Bringing it back to the World Juniors just a little bit, I do want to mention the bronze medal uh, for Finland, and that went to uh, Bruins prospect Matthias Mantiviki, Mantikivi, Mantikivi. Uh, so I just I didn't want to uh, you know move on without saying that because our next topic definitely precedes uh, World Juniors talk all day every day. And uh, oh, yeah. go ahead, no, Heather, because I got to shut my blind over here. It's kind of bright. Okay. Um, I'm sorry about that. I'm not trying to, I usually do think it's important to recognize the bronze medal winners and they beat Russia, which I'm sure is a very big deal. Um, you know, just like we have a, our Canada America rivalry, Finland and Russia are neighbors, you know, borders. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, I forgot. And I don't want to give Finland not to have their props, but we're going to go back to our, one of our favorite Canadian. It's hard to love. We know a lot of Canadian people that we may love, but we love Patrice Bergeron. And he did, in fact, was named on Thursday, I believe, the captain of the Boston Bruins. You know who did call that? Zidane Shower the week before when he said that Patrice Bergeron will be the next captain of this team. Did you see the video, how they did it, though? Like, it was funny. I did see just, this, and the Brad Marchand, uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I wish there wasn't so many damn masks in this world because uh, you could actually see the facial expressions um, you know, on somebody's face when that actually happened because we are living in COVID times. I couldn't tell if, like, if Bergeron was like, oh, my God, I thought it was me, or <laughs> you know, these guys, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I hate that. I hate that, I, but... When you look at his eyes, it was almost like, man, is this really happening? But I couldn't tell because you can't see the face. He's like, uh-huh, Marshy, uh-huh, uh-huh, great. Right? Yeah, cool. What? Like, I've never licked anybody. What do you mean he gets to be captain? I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, no, that was funny. If you didn't see it, you can look it up. But just, you know, Don with the deke. Don trying to be more pet. I think it's funny because you can see in the last week – we were, we were talking the week before about how bad the Bruins are at their own, like, media and, like, making themselves likable or just how they, like, handle things. Like, how, you know, you'll see a press conference from Chara two hours after the B should have released a statement, but then they overcompensate by all these great videos. Man, they have been there have been more pictures of Patrice Bergeron in that C jersey put out by the Bruins this week to like, hey, come on, fans, huh? Huh? Don't you love us now? As if we didn't all know that Patrice is the captain in our hearts anyway. It's like, okay, you made it official. For this week, Dawn, you get a three-minute reprieve. But that roster better look stellar. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, awesome. Awesome moment. A moment we all knew for the last 17 years would happen eventually, but very well deserved. You know, the guy's just a, just an unbelievable 
um, Bruin for his, his whole career and definitely Hall of Famer, in my opinion. First ballot. No, I mean, absolutely. And uh, it's just a, a real core member of this team um, on the ice and off the ice. What he does with um, the younger players, it, it's, he's just a very silent leader to me. And, 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 and to be honest with you, I, I didn't think that he would accept it and give it to somebody else, but that was just my opinion. And, and maybe influenced by some people that are actually in the locker room and might have heard that, you know, he's just that type of guy, you know, he's just, but no, I'm glad he accepted it. And I'm glad that he's going to be the uh, captain of the Boston Bruins for the next, at least two seasons this year and next year. And uh, we'll, well, go f- we'll go from there if he gets uh, retained for a year or two. Hello, how's it going? I got, <laughs> I got my window open. It, it is warm in the black and gold uh, podcast studio, so... I had to open the window. It is January. It's crazy. It's funny that you said that because I was thinking, because I absolutely thought they'd leave it vacant for you. Just like his personality seemed to me like he'd maybe not touch it. But, you know, maybe it's not just people in the locker room. Maybe it's people out of the locker room. Maybe he called. Maybe he's talked to Chara about it. And Chara's, buddy, you're the cat. You know what I mean? Like, don't, like, don't take it if you don't want it. But, like, it's absolutely yours. It's like, you know what I mean? Or, like. There's other influences that they've had that have come in and out over the years. The Mark Rec- whoever, and like a phone call. Like, those are the people, the Patrice Bergerons. It's funny with Bergeron because he is a quiet leader, but it's, but we always hear like he's very, he's loud within his team, but outside of the locker room, he's very just, he has a very good demeanor to deal with press or whatever. You know, he's not flat. He's not that kind of. Yeah. Um, he talked about uh, Martin LaPointe a lot too. You know, yeah. a Canadian guy, Quebec guy, and so on. So, I mean, and and, and Mar- Marty was around when Bergeron just came into the league. So it's a it's a nice um, inspirational thing to walk into the NHL and have a guy like that that's probably not, not grew up not far from you, being in the same province of Quebec. So, um, and then and then have him go through the stages of everybody that was just giving him information and showing him certain things just to build up his character on the ice and off the ice is just so important and i'm just so proud that this guy is going to have that c on the uh on the uh shoulder i keep saying shoulder but the chest um but i hope he does it and it doesn't like oversee the the style and the play that we know bergeron can give in and out every night and uh injured or not so hopefully he's up for the challenge it's just a formality, though. Like, you know, like most people, like even Patrice is going on. There's a lot of good leaders in the locker. You know, whatever. It's a team sport. You need you need everyone to be a leader when you need a leader. Sometimes you need the one person who's like the most negative player on the big game day to be the one that stands up like, well, let's fucking go, boys. Like, you know, LFG. I mean? like, <laughs> no, well, really, in a real in a real and a team thing, because you can't always be the person that's inspiring everyone. Every, you know, you need to be the in- inspired too. you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And anyways, we all love Patrice Bergeron. I mean, we could sit here all day, but I would like to pose the question. Many people have become saints, but have many of them been saints and the captain of the Boston Bruins? I don't think so, because there's only been 20 of them. Um, all right. Well, that's that. We love Bergeron. It's looking good. I still hate the reverse retros, no matter how sexy I think Bergeron looks with a C. All right. So kind of, I thought generally we could just, you know, training camp still going on. We don't have a quite set roster today, but um, some lines from today's practice kind of indicate probably what we're going to see in or around opening night. So, I mean, I don't know. We could talk about 
Uh, your boy Tuca, I thought we could start with that. Once again, had to explain his daughter went to the hospital and he left the bubble and uh, why he's still going to be a Boston Bruin. From his own mouth said, I Do you, uh, only want to play for the Bruins. That might mean he retires or not. It's not a definitive answer, but he seems like, hey, man, I'm here for another couple of years if you want me here. Yet everyone still has to talk about how Tuca clearly left the bubble to go golfing and did not come back. Right. So even from his own mouth. But what did you think? Did you feel like does Tuki even have to continue to say that or justify himself? I know you love Tuka, but from an objective, like. No, I mean, it's good on him to come out and say what, what happened and and see to have all these people that completely trash him for his decision, which was a decision that any of the NHL players that were in these bubbles could have had. It was agreed upon in the return to play. So it was it was their right to do what they had to do, but but more and more of that is a family thing. And if you if you, in my opinion, what would be said if he stayed while people find out that his daughter went went to the hospital in an ambulance, um, and you know that that whole uncomfortable season, I mean it's, I mean uh, scenario. So mm-hmm. it, you know if he stayed in the bubble and did what he did for the team, well, how are you going to say what are you going to say about him about being a family man? You're going to trash him. So no matter what this guy does, he's going to get trashed. But the way he did it and got trashed was absolutely classless. And I don't care uh, what your opinions are. I honestly, and and I hate doing this, but it's just, you guys figure him as such a polarizing person. And you love to trash him. And and it's it's just the internet showing its it's a terrible side. And and it's, it's classless, honestly. But even just, I would say, even just the regular media, like this has been hashed out in the last six months by asking the same question that he has already answered. Other people have answered. People have verified. Like, I feel like you should, like at this point, we're moving on. Like the bubble sucked, okay? Like the bubble sucked for everybody. We looked good at camp at home, but the minute we walked to Toronto, we looked like crap. We looked up crap in the exhibition games. We had moments where we looked like the Bruins. Like just... Tuka left, yeah, whatever. But we were in trouble before Tuka even left. Yes, obviously, he would have made a, a huge difference in the world. But let's face it. They were not hot shit when they went back to that bubble. They were not the Bruins of March. And now we're not the Bruins even of August. And uh, that goes to kind of just the rest of this. The boys generally talking, of course, the question of the day on day one was about Chara, you know, things like that. But everyone, I think... I think you can tell, like you said, there's been some bad taste taste left in people's mouths and whatever else, but they're professionals. And you can tell by their demeanor, like, what are you going to say? Like, even if you're super pissed about Chara not being there, they're professionals and they're not going to say that. They're going to say that to each other while they're having a beer. They're not saying that out loud. They, they're ready to move on. Bergeron and Marshawn, they know they're dealing with a lot of youth that they might have to infuse in here. And the goal at this point is to not let it get too ugly. Now, we could be very competitive in a good shocking sense, but let's face it. We're all expecting us to be competitive, but like, you know, we got to be at least three or four. If we're not, then we really are not. We're totally rebuilding. 56 games, 56 games. I want to see playoffs. I'm not expecting right. Stanley Cup. I'm not expecting. Exactly. I'm not expecting no, Eastern Conference I mean. Finals or whatever these final or quarterly finals are called. <laughs> we don't know though. Those are going to be sponsored later. We'll get to that later on. They'll, they'll sell those sponsorships later. No, but I agree with you. Like, even though, like you know, whatever. Like again, we we argue a lot. Like whatever. I know we had like a little Frederick Twitter fight. Whatever. But like 
you and I both know you got to have the balance though, right? Like, so let's see what the young kids can do, but also be realistic. If it doesn't look like it's working out, especially in a shortened season, then sometimes you got to suck it up. And like the veteran, at least, you know, is going to, you know, not turn the puck over or whatever, you know, just in certain situations, certain matchups, you got to look at that too. I don't, expect us to be a hot mess, but I certainly don't expect them to be the Boston Bruins from the last couple of years. They're just not, and they don't have, they have an identity, but we'll see what that works in motion. Now that we have, you know, Craig Smith has come in. Like there's been a lot of dynamics that have changed. Yeah. I keep hearing have patience. I'm someone who has an absorbent amount of patience with this team. Okay. But it also is a 56 game season. So if Cassidy starts doing his bullshit where he buries someone for three shit, you know, the stuff everyone complained about Claude, but he does sometimes too, but no one says anything. Like, I don't need you to spiral into like panic lines, you know, when it's not working. Like, and it does make me a little nervous, not even so much who will be in the lineup, but just with no exhibition game, you know, there's, it's going to be just like the bubble where we, uh, have to amp up quick and be amped up and the quickest amp up teams are the ones that are going to survive. And that's, that's the only thing that makes me nervous that, but I mean, the boys seem like they're ready to go. We got new additions. Everyone seems to be giving Craig Smith all the love in the world, um, which we thought would happen. Uh, but was there anything that surprised you from any of the media comments um, from the boys or even Coach Cassidy? Like I said, he plays the you're great, you're tall, you're nice. Yeah, I mean, he does he, he does that all the time. It's just, you know, this one needs work, that one needs to build size, and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's just, it's it's what you're going to put on the ice that, that means the most. It's the lineup that's on the card, the official NHL card. So, And um, I'm going to uh, tweet... I'm going to read a tweet from Evan Marinovsky from CLNS Media and uh, the Bruins Beat Podcast. Go subscribe to that program. Uh, he has Connor Ryan on all the time from uh, Boston Sports Journal. Uh, just a, another fantastic freaking media person covering the bees. But um, he, he says, here are the full lines with Group A finished. And this is today, Sunday, January 10th. Um, looks like a lot of what we'll see opening night. So... He says, Marshan Bergeron Studnika at the front line, Debrosk Krejci Kasha at the second line, Richie Coyle uh, Smith at the third line, uh, Bjork slash Frederick Corrali Wagner fourth line, and the defensive pairings are Lozon McAvoy, Grizzlick Carlo, Zaboral Miller, Moore Clifton. And then the goaltenders, Rask and Halak. So that's pretty much what he expects that the um, the lineup will look like. And then coming to Matt Porter from the Boston Globe on Twitter, uh, Group B. This is Group B, so probably this is going to be your... Would you say this would be the taxi squad, Heath? Yes. Okay. So uh, Matt Porter, he says, McKegg, Seneshin, Huge, Philippi, Lantoshi, Carey, Steen, defensive guys, Kampfer, Vakaninen, Ashan, Wolf, uh, and goaltenders, Vladar, Swayman, and Booth. That still is going to have to be trimmed down, though. I don't know when the day is. Well, I just mean, like, they're going to have to set the actual roster versus the taxi squad. Do you, do you, do you happen to know squad. when the final day of training camp is before they actually have to, like, be cap compliant? for the uh the upcoming season i do not usually usually you have till the day the actual first game starts uh so that would be wednesday assumingly 
Wednesday by noon or whatever, you have to be cap compliant or by night or whatever, by Tuesday night at whatever. Cause normally in a normal season, I haven't, I didn't see any details of that exact date, but normally in a season you have until the first games get played. So the, that would be assumingly Tuesday because Wednesday starts the season. Um, I don't know when the final rosters have to be, though. I haven't seen that. But I would guess that has to be Monday or Tuesday, right? It's like 48 to, hours, I believe. If I'm yeah, mistaken. I think because that makes sense. So that means you've got to have your roster set and be cap compliant by, say, the end of Tuesday. Yeah. Because the first games start Wednesday. That's my best guesstimate. Again, these are not facts from so our, I, we're not. I wonder if today and tomorrow are the final days of this camp and then have a day off or two or one day off and then go right into one the season. Off. Well, you have to travel too, right? Yeah. They're going to Jersey though. That's not that far. But the Saturday games at home. In, at Jersey. No. Oh, they're both they're, in Jersey. No. Yeah. This is, oh. um, this year, the, instead of, so there's a lot of um, instead of there being like a home and home series, they're more not. There are some actual back to back games like a traditional back to back, but most of the games are going to be like two game series. So like we play Jersey Thursday and Saturday in New Jersey, like baseball kind of like, but like two game kind of sets. Yeah, we only had a few single games, so it'll be like. You know, Washington, we open our games versus Philly in Boston. So Boston and Philly will play twice in Boston. And then I think Washington comes or something like that comes in. Uh, so it cuts down. We do have one that I think we play maybe the Rangers. And then we play the Islanders on the way home. You know what I mean? So we play in Madison Square Garden. But no. So the, the first two games are on Thursday at 7 p.m. in New Jersey is the first game. Can you believe that? That sounds, it's like three days and a few hours away. I can't even stand it. It's so lovely. Uh, but, and then Saturday at one o'clock, we play in Jersey again. So those are our first two games. People put them on the calendar right now, Thursday, the 14th of January and Saturday, the 16th. Uh, we'll work out, you know, every week we'll kind of talk about the upcoming games. Currently it's a little hard to just because, Obviously, we haven't had real observations of these teams in the last nine months besides these training camps. Uh, but um, do you want to talk about the lines? Like, do you th do you think what you see is probably going to be the final? Are you surprised I, about anybody that's well, been getting a lot of love? We uh, yeah yeah we we definitely gonna get into that. Um, uh, actually, I'm I'm letting you know because it's it's just me and you right now and everybody else, but. Uh, media update, NHL Bruins Coast Cassidy will have will address the reporters at 1.45 p.m. And that's yes, in I 10 just, minutes. So I just saw that. So we'll keep an eye sorry, on it. Sorry for the YouTube viewers and the uh, and the audio listeners. but um, So if you're watching this on YouTube, Coach Cassidy had a press conference four days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. On the, right, so going back to the lineup and your question about that, I, I mean, with, with Pasternak not being available to start and Marshan, uh, uh looks like a fully go. Uh, we thought we were going to miss a couple of games from him and at least a month from of our Pasternak, but I'm hearing Pasternak's, uh, he's a young kid. And, um, uh, so he'll, um, he'll, he'll definitely, uh, mend better than, uh, somebody like me actually. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the, the, his projection is probably before a month, so which is good news. So, uh, but I do like the first line covering for his his uh, absence. Um, I'm really not 
overly thrilled on the second line of uh, DeBras, Krejci, and Kasha. Kasha being that guy. Um, but I do like the idea of him, of Smith, uh, working on the third line in Pasternak's absence. Um, I thought that he'd climb up with Pasternak not being around and jump to the Krejci line. Um, but I don't like Richie on the third line. Not a fan of, Bre- uh, I'm sorry, is it Nick Richie? Yeah. So um, I would rather see Bjork there uh, and Richie not in the lineup, to, to be honest with you. But I get the whole, oh, we need a heavy game. We need a heavy presence. Uh, but um, And the only thing on the defense, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of the Miller. I'm not a fan of Miller being um, that third pairing. I, I, I just... He hasn't played in two years, and he had, he is having a good camp, and all the accolades to his 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 um, passion, and to get it done. I just I'm not sure if it's going to last, and it's, it's kind of a a liability in my opinion. But that's just me. It's just my opinion. But I would rather see Clifton in that spot. I mean, I know people get nervous when I say, you know, there's a Borrell and Clifton pairing. Um, and they're so young that you know you, you need that veteran presence on that third pairing and blah blah blah. I just see it the other way. So everybody has an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I do. I don't. I don't know about what the defense. It's like I. I do think that especially if you're gonna have to put in at least two of the young kids, like you do need to have a veteran back there on some level. Just for the learning thing, because we have lost Krug and Charlie, you know what I mean? So now that's a lot to ask Charlie McAvoy and Grizzly and Carlo to take over the leadership role of it in uh, like the production aspect, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And also at their ages, sure, they've got some wisdom, right? But like they also just lost two of their main people they would go to to say, hey, how do I grow as a defenseman? So they still have to grow themselves. And now they've got to help grow their young teammates, to, you know, who are really their peers. They're all in the same group, like 23, 20, you know, four or five, whatever. Um, so but I'm the weirdo that I'd actually almost prefer more over Miller. And this is this obviously I, the thing with me with Kevin Miller is I feel like as a fan base, because we like big, heavy players, I feel like, and this isn't a slight to Kevin Miller. Again, like, dude, you have had a long two years. You are you are an inspiration just for the ability as a human to get back up and say, screw this. I want, I want my jaw. I want my whatever. What I, I think that a lot of Bruins fans, and this is going to sound horrible, but I feel like maybe even because we haven't seen him play a lot in the last two years, they imagine Kevin Miller to be a better defenseman than he actually is. Because they're relying on past experience. Well, and not only that, but if you look at the past experience that we did have with him, it was him and McQuaid that are basically the same player. But all day long and twice on Sunday, I'm going to tell you in that role, Adam McQuaid had you in spades in role. Like, I mean, dude would like block the show, you know, whatever. So, I just feel like we imagine Kevin Miller to have ever been a better defenseman than he is. I'm not saying he's not a good defenseman, yeah. you know, but I feel like he's a lot closer to being like a John Moore serviceable, like not bad to have if, you know, you need somebody, but not exactly your first choice. And that sounds horrible, but it's true. So even though he's having a good camp, I keep trying to tell people camp is great. 
but they have no exhibition games to see what they're going to look like not scrimmaging against each other. Remember, we thought they looked great going back into that bubble at camp too, and it looked like a shit show once they got to actual the bubble. So that's just me. And dovetail a little bit on that on that on your uh, discussion right there. It's like if you're looking for that inspirational leadership, um, why didn't you keep Chara? I don't I don't get that. That's the whole thing I don't understand. Is Chara was basically an option at less the money than the Bruins were actually going to pay Miller, you know? And, you know, I, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, you get a healthier leader that's going to stay on the team one more year. And I know I am, I'm doubling down from last week at what I said about Char and so on. And I think that it's a good thing that the Boston Bruins are, are moving with the youth. I'm a youth guy. I want to see these guys involved. It's about time. And, you know, if he didn't want to take the role, but he, but he accepts a role over in Washington as a third pairing and, you know, low cap hit. Something else is going on. It was, if it wasn't about money and it wasn't about the role, then what was it? You know, to be serious. I mean, both both sides, Chara and, and Boston Bruins, Don Sweeney, have, have, have basically sugarcoated what's actually going on internally. You can, you can, body language to me just tells me that there was something going on. And it brings me back again, and I will continue to say this, that I think that the Boston Bruins team, as all individuals, have an issue with how the Tory Krug freaking thing panned out. And maybe this was Chara saying, you know what? I'm done with your bullshit. I don't know. I it just, ugh, tough one. I, I, again, like like I said last week, none of us are in the room and we can only hear what we hear and what people do talk, but Total I speculation. This is what we you. do. This is what we do as fans. Yeah. and like as, these, Yeah, we're yeah. fans talking. We're not certainly acting as if we have no. any real information. We are not insiders and we'll never, can, we never claim to be. <laughs> right, and because I definitely am not in the room, so we even know that, that even what we do here isn't necessarily, you know, but I do think from tone and stuff, and, and this goes back to what I was just saying a little bit ago with the press with the boys. Like, they don't want to talk about Chara leaving. They don't want to, one, because it probably still, it does hurt when your friend, you know, like whatever. Even when you're in elementary school, when your friend moves away after you've known them for five years of your life or whatever, and in some cases, 14 years of your life, you know what I mean? Like, literally, Brad Marchand's old enough that Chara helped him become a man. You know what I mean? Like, is one of the, like, influences to help him develop into a grown man from this, you know, whatever. Um I, I've heard some things this week about maybe the big issue was Chara didn't want to give up the captaincy. I also have that. I I have a hard time thinking that was the deal breaker. Just again, personality wise, because one, I think that if Zidane Chara was here, Patrice Bergeron would not be trying to be captain. He would have just gone like, because I don't feel like, like people have been, I guess, kind of spinning it like, Bergeron's been being slighted all these years. Well, it's really sucked to be us with, you know, Chara as our captain, winning that Stanley Cup, losing two more, and actually being one of the most competitive hockey teams for the last 14 years. Man, doesn't that suck? Uh, but I don't feel like Bergeron feels like he was slighted, you know, like, oh, God, this guy won't retire. So, I, I mean, that just seems ridiculous. And I feel like Chara as a man, it if there was an issue about like what your job would be, that would be a bigger thing than him. Not, I don't feel like he would feel disrespected to hand the captaincy down to Char. Like if it was contingent on stay, pass it down. I don't feel like that would have been the deal breaker. It's just, they're too close and there's too, you know, but I, I do agree with you about the taste in the mouth. And I think maybe part of that taste is for all these years, like even like, and not to talk about football, but like, you know, in the past, there's a certain like mindset that's been expected for the last 20 years. Well, the same thing with the Bruins. 
from the minute Chara walked into this building, a mindset using the history of the mindset, but changing it into the mind. Don't ask us to preach and you not preach for an offices kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think whether or not the reality, I mean, people get traded. It is a business. They understand that they're professional athletes. But like you said, the way the business is conducted though, sometimes is like the boys just want to move on at this point, not because, but they're not going to forget if that indeed is what has been happening for the last, like, you but, know, but you also still or... want to accomplish goals as a freaking core. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and some of those veterans are looking at, okay, well, do I rock the boat a little? And like, you know, I mean, they're not, we're not a team where they let their players mouth off and talk. Like, you know what I mean? We're not fun. And like, yeah. we're just not like, we're very puritanical Bostonian <laughs> kind of like, don't talk, don't do. Everyone is thrilled that Char is gone and, and that Patrice Bergeron is captain. And although everyone I'm sure is thrilled Patrice is captain and that, but again, they're not going to whine about it. First right. of all, that's not a Boston thing to do. Like right. you don't whine, like you move on. But yeah, that's just, I agree with you. I think it'll be fun. Well, fun in an interesting way to see how it proceeds as we go to Krejci and Rask are now going to be up for contract. You know, um, I'm all for, that's funny that you had said that because I was thinking, and you're someone who it was ready to move on from Chara. Do you know what I mean? But even for you to say, you know, like that does still seem a little confusing, which one is going to be, I don't know. I, not a better leader. I don't want to say that. I'm sure they're great leaders in their own ways, but still. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see going forward from there, though. But on defense, like, I don't I don't know what to do on that third pair. Like, I can understand why Lozon might play up and you might put Grizz and Carl. I get all that, right? But I'm – I see, I like Jakob Zboro, though. Do you know what I mean? And I would prefer him to play, but I also don't want, like – I don't want Clifton getting screwed because of Miller, but I also don't, even though I don't like Miller, I don't want to sell him short because I'm not a sociopath like some of this fan base. And I actually want my team to succeed, even if I hate them. I mean, but I hated Jimmy Hayes, but I put up with his ass for a couple, you know what I mean? Right. Like I had to look at him why for no reason out on my ice, but it was fine because I still want my team to win. And yeah, so that's how I feel with you. Like with, with Nick Ritchie, this, I'm going to be pissed. If Anders Bjork gets kind of fucked because they really invest in Richie, even though Richie has, besides this camp, given you no reason. And I'm trying to be easy with him because yeah. he is young. He's still young. You know what I mean? Well, we don't know what he can do. You only but brought in Richie short term and you signed right. Anders long term. So you right. have a better commitment into Anders than you do with Brett. And then to me, when it comes down to contra contractual obligations i know yeah. obligations don't mean nothing when you have to earn your job but yeah. i think anders has the uh the upper hand in that in that boat and i i think that he's a better fit on that third line because the fact is that you do have smith who's a shooter and a great five on five guy you got coil that's awesome puck possession great center 200 foot forward and then you put anders there bjork who can definitely take that speed factor to that line. And if those guys are puck possessions and shooters and you have a guy that can just transition really fast out of the zone, that's a great line right there. I don't see Richie being there because Richie does bring physicality experience and so on and blah, blah, blah. But look at the size of him. His his game is not fast. He's luggy. Yes. He was like me very, yesterday. Very yeah <laughs> like the like the old dudes on the ice yesterday in newburyport um 
Yeah, I think for me too, and, and this even goes, and this may, I mean, you know, I don't love the Trent Frederick, but I think what this does is creates an issue because now you still don't have enough room to really get a look at, you're going to, and we keep talking about, right? At some point, you're going to have to make a decision. Either all of these kids are going to be superstars or none of them are going to be superstars or half of them are staying and half of them have to get, you know, some kind of value package left. We're not resigning them. But when pasta comes back, his spot's his spot. No one's asking David Pasternak to earn the first line set right wing or second line right wing, however it rolls out. But in, unless Richie really proves himself, all you're continuing to do is create a log jam of young center slash wingers that we have in the pipeline that are still not going to have a place to play. You know, shouldn't we, if we're going to push the youth, push the fucking youth together? Like, you know what I mean? Even if it's a little messy, put Anders here and I'm not a Frederick person, but you know, Frederick on the fourth line then and let them play there. And you figure out what Stanika fits up up here, you know? Uh, like now we almost have a log jam created again for positioning. Go ahead. Real quick. Uh, Connor Ryan just tweeted this. Uh, in Cassidy's press conference, he says that Cassidy said the most of the Group A participants that we talked about will likely be on the NHL roster, but there could be a few more additions. So there could be shuffling that's going on between the next couple of days, especially with the cap, and you need to be compliant and, and see where you are with that. But also, I found this interesting. Cassidy, I think this is from Connor Ryan's tweet. Cassidy said, I think Vakaninen should be in the conversation with the way he's played. Wow. I was going to say, that's one thing that I was surprised as much as everyone's like, you know, Lowe's, whatever. We've seen Lozon, we've seen Clifton, you know, we've seen a little. But he's had a lot of praise for Euro and Zaboral this week. He likes what he sees in them. You know, I feel like maybe as convinced as everyone was who's getting their shots potentially this year, last week, this week, I think now that people have been watching and even if you see like the people tweeting who are there, there's a little bit of surprise coming down from the AHL that aren't the players that you think they might be. You know what I mean? Showing like, in you know, Euro is one of them, but he's another one. Like we have to either figure out what he can do. He's not going to not benefit from another year in the AHL. But you know what? If he's a better choice than whoever on the left side, right? He's a left sh shot defenseman. Am I right? Uh, is I, he right? I, I'm not good with left or right. I know. I, forget. I don't know why I'm asking you. I know you don't remember. But I think he's the left side. Uh, if he's the better choice and we're just picking from the youth anyways, then goddamn, pick him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's still on the same contract. It's not, you know, I don't know. That's so, just, that's just Real quick before we go, to, we got, we got to get going with this uh, our agenda. I'm sorry we're rambling on, but like if you do believe that Vakanini could have a shot as Bruce Cassidy, what does that do with the Lausanne and Zaboral? You know, I mean, or or what does that do with the factor of Kevin Miller? Is Kevin Miller going to be your solid guy on the third pairing, and now you have to you know rethink your whole kind of youth movement on the decor? I, I think I think wherever Miller is, there's going to be a rotating with Miller. I don't think I think that third pair, and I know you can only carry so many people, right? Right, right. But either the right side or that left side is either going to be young kid with John Moore circling, which I would prefer, 
or young kid with Kevin Miller in circle. I don't know who that's going to end up be. Unfortunately, we we only can see what people send out in the videos that the Bruins send. I wish that there was a live, like a barn, like, you know, they have like live They should have done that for the freaking uh, scrimmages. I was like, yeah, what the so hell? We, Come know, on. Other teams see. did it. Yeah. Well, we're not fun. That's why. We're oh, it. Also, we have to be top secret. None of the rest of us are allowed, even though in a normal year, we could all sit and watch it. Right. <laughs> this right. year. Nobody, even the, even the press, the like five press people are in there 17 feet away from each other. Like, hey, what do you think? Who you got? Craig Smith, is he looking good? No. Um, I do think it's going to be surprising. I am happy, though, that Smith, he seems to love Craig Smith. So that means that signing is going to work out probably, at least in coach's brain, the way we all thought and hoped it is going to. Because we that's like the one non-thing that we haven't been bitching about all year. Uh, well, since the year ended with Bruins fans. So this was just um, anything else from camp. I don't really know. I'm anxious to see what the actual roster is. I actually wouldn't mind if Yarrow Vakaninen maybe kind of, I mean, I like Zaboro, but I also think Vakaninen, he was supposed to be our next big name. He was our new Charlie McAvoy, you know, like the next young kid that was supposed to bump up. So again, I'm just, I'm just going by my eye test that I had from last season as a credential writer uh, uh, under the umbrella of the Providence Bruins is just he seemed to take a step back. Now everything could be could have changed. This could be a whole new year ho, and and his head's more into it. I think the concussion that he sustained a year prior was a little rough on him. I'm just I'm not a doctor. I know I get it, and I'm probably getting hammered for this, but. I just think he really needs another solid season in the American Hockey League before we actually think that he can make the NHL roster. Um, and I think that availability on the NHL roster would come like next season for him. But that's just me just talking and, and just speculating and so on. Well, as I saw some people getting... I, I'm going to start a new segment. I think uh, shit indices on Bruins Twitter. And it's not going to have anyone... It's not a podcast. But just <laughs> just like a clip of this is three of the batshit crazy things I saw this week, just out of context, just, you know, like that, like hockey, like tweet, Twitter fails or whatever. And no names, no ats, but just, hey, here's some crazy. But one of them was we really we are. F- People can't have it both ways. You can't let the youth come in, but be unwilling to let like if you're going to push all the youth, not. Some of the youth, obviously, teams always should be rotating old and new, and you know that's how you sustain. But like general, people seem to be in two camps right now: all the youth or none of the youth. I, yeah. contrary to popular belief, am not in a none of the youth. I'm in a. I don't care if we need young blood. If you're not gonna cut it, then I need you to go buy a young blood. Know what I mean? Like I. So I kind of do enjoy this aspect of fight it out, kids, because I want to see who's going to sink or swim. And right now, after losing uh, Chara and Krug, and we replaced a little bit again with points and whatever, you know, we got a little bit better on the top with Craig Smith, you know, whatever. We don't know. Maybe Andre Kasha will be the analytics darling everyone says he is. I do think I'm going to be a little more patient with him because I think they might be all right. But there actually is an in-between, people. There is an in-between letting the young kids have their shot, but not just picking the people who are favorites to be there, picking the people who show they should be there. And maybe Yarrow did that. You know, something had to have, because Bruce was talking about him a lot this week, which is good because that means that he 
has his eye out. We all know, like, that's his brain. He's a good, like, you know, young guy's coach, you know, so to say. You know what I mean? So that's why I was a little surprised. He loves Zaboro. He loved Euro, which is funny because everyone obviously expected it would be Lozon. And I do feel bad a little for Connor Clifton because now there is a weird – now with Miller there, he is messing that up. But um, – is there anything else from camp that you think we should discuss? That was just our general camp. Hopefully we'll have a solid roster. Uh, we kind of know who will be there, but who knows? Because now Coach Cassidy's saying, but, hey, just so you know, that's probably the roster, but maybe not. Again, a very Bruins press conference. Well, the tale of don't tell us anything. Uh, until the um, official word comes out about the release of the uh, uh, roster for the 2021 season, Um We'll uh, do a live stream on Tuesday, which is the night before the actual NHL starts. And uh, hopefully it, we could talk about that then um, with uh, Nick uh, Busa and uh, Jared Martin on our live stream. My fucking boys with the uh, dump and change guys. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be done. You almost forgot his name. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, remembering things is not easy for me. He should have showed up at hockey yesterday. You would have been able to see him. Who, yeah, I know, Jared. He worked, have him in your head. He yeah. works in a restaurant, so he's got some weird hours. Um, yeah, as restaurant workers do. Exactly. Um, okay, I guess real quick, because we are just a couple minutes away from break. Yeah, I'm, I have sort of a... I'm sort of paying attention, so I'm trying Oh, to, shocker. There's just, a, there's just a couple of quick things. You know I'm easily distracted, and when there's three of us, it's even more distracting. I'm trying to look at us, look at this. Okay, so there are a couple quick things, I think, before we go into break. Um, besides, I think we all, I think we've talked about this, and next week we'll really figure out. But I think before, just seeing what we've seen in camp, obviously, knowing, I don't want to make predictions, predictions, because I don't feel like we can see enough to really predict, okay? We don't know what the real line divisions, we don't know, you know what I mean, kind of thing. But after what you've seen from camp without seeing them playing, do you think this team is competitive enough to win the division? Without seeing, yeah, without seeing the the action on the ice, uh, at least for four games to get chemistry and, and consistency and whatever, uh, it's going to be very hard for me to, to explain. But I can say that I would expect a lineup like this that is comparable to last season in the bubble and, and how far that they went, um, I would say that they would be a playoff team. Let's put it that way. I would like to see them cross the threshold this year of being a playoff team and competitive. But it's honestly, my, my prediction could definitely change. I'll go to bet online and bet this all day. But it's going to have to, you're going to have to come out swinging. In a 56-game season, you need to get it together as soon as possible. And I think that's just why Bruce Cassidy has been so adamant on, um, on training in this training camp and letting them know that you need to get your, your, tape, your, your passes um, uh, tape to tape on time. Think the game, the, uh, the vision of the game, make it faster, and get on board with what we're trying to do as soon as possible because it's going to be tough. And this is a whole new aspect uh, going into this season with all these different teams that you're going to be playing. Sometimes, like you said, Heather, back-to-back in certain situations, like New Jersey starting this weekend – I'm sorry, starting Thursday night and then Saturday at the same uh, Prudential Center. So 
you know, it's going to be so much, so many avenues that are going to have to be covered when you think about this team and consistency and how to build it and how to get it done as soon as possible. Okay, well, we're going to make our unofficial official predictions real quick. I'm just going to ask you a question, just yes or no. We don't need to discuss it. So will they win their division? Um, no. So you don't think they can win the con? Do you think they can win the conference? Even because if you're number three, you're still in. Like you said, a playoff team, right? As of right do, now, so I have you, Philadelphia at the top. For the for our division or the conference, both. Uh, division. Okay. Uh, do you think there's a long shot chance at a cup? Yeah, absolutely. But they there's they, always like, a long shot chance. Right? Like they said, you have to get out swinging. Like if you have bad games, make it at the end when you're so far ahead. Mm-hmm. You're in there. It is going to be hard, I think, having passed out because um, we don't know how the new rollout of trying to have our secondary scoring is going to be, but we do know that first line is generally a sure thing uh, during the regular season at least, so we can go with that. Um, I'm going to go with I think they can still win the division, but I think it's going to be – I think this is a pretty tough division because even teams like Jersey and Buffalo – who maybe haven't done enough this season to really make, you know, they're going to be at the top of whatever division, like we would be with Buffalo anyway, say, but I think they've done a lot. And well, you know, um, Jersey, we real quick before we go to break, the last thing is going to be just mentioning about Jersey, just up their defense a little. I think they've done enough though, that they're going to be more competitive and maybe can mess it up for those top four teams. So they might be five, six, seven or whatever, uh, it, but they're going to be able to shake it up and make it hard. I think Washington is going to be tougher than people think, even with Lundquist ending up out and some, you know, some things. Uh, but I think that we may have a chance to still win the division and maybe even the conference because you're really the first two rounds now just playing the same people you've already played. And those are the people you're going to know the best because you're only playing those seven teams this year. Or That's whatever. a valid point, Heather. Very um, valid I absolutely don't think we're winning the Stanley Cup, but I believe if you don't always believe you can win the Stanley Cup, you have no business stepping on the ice in the first place. So, like, I believe even the Detroit Red Wings should be stepping on the ice like 2021. So two things before we go to break. One, everyone stop calling it the 2020-21 season. I don't care what the NHL is calling it. If everything is happening in 2021, we're calling this one the 2021 season. And two, reminder, first two games the 14th, 16th versus Jersey. And I know Mark and I were both a little sad because some of we both agreed that we would have maybe liked to see as a um, option of spending a little cap money to get uh, Sammy Batten and has gotten signed by the New Jersey Devils. So they actually, and they, uh, didn't they, didn't they pick up like Kubikov too? Dimitri thing, like a couple good defenses. Oh, Kubikov from, um, from Florida? Yeah, yeah. and so... Uh, Jersey's looking a little bit better defensively. So I guess we are throwing these young kids in the fire, see what they can do. Yeah. 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 That's it. All right. We're excited. Woo. So just to wrap up, go Bruins, go USA. <laughs> we're going to go take a break because Inga needs to refill her drink. And, uh, yeah, I need, I, get back. I need a fresh pink wet myself. So, but before we go, I do want to talk about our new mid, um, uh, partner uh sorry mid commercial partner and that is uh boston sports and music memorabilia and uh, bruce sullivan does a great job getting all this stuff uh that's authenticated 
hand-signed stuff, and, and I deal with him on a regular for hand-signed jerseys for our Patreon account and hand-signed pictures. He, he has some awesome stuff. So we'll listen to him, and we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. This week at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, we have a beautiful Legacy Collection 22 by 26 inch autograph special edition photo display, dual signed by Phil Esposito and Patrice Bergeron, featuring custom framing and matting for just $179. We have Bruins legend Derek Sanderson 11 by 14 sure shot authenticated photo display for just $59. Or white style autographed JSA authenticated custom jerseys for just $79. For more information on the dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces, including those from our exclusive private signing with Bruins enforcer Terry O'Reilly later this month, and for your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Hey, Bruins fans. We are back, and we just heard some great stuff from Bruce Sullivan, and he is the owner of Boston Sports and music memorabilia, fantastic stuff. Handwritten sports memorabilia, all freaking authenticated from a very, very uh, good um, company. So please uh, go to his uh, site uh, and also uh, reach out by email and also follow on Facebook uh, because uh, that's where you can get some of these great deals. I mean, I'm telling you, quality jerseys, awesome freaking signatures, and it, it had a very reasonable price. So let's get back to the agenda. Heather, where are we going now? We are going to discuss, uh, we know the NHL is trying to get some money. Um, and they shocker. have now sold the division names to pretty much the shock of no one. Uh, so this year we're going to have the 2021 NHL Honda West Division. The 2021 NHL Scotia North Division, 2021 NHL Discover Central Division, and not shockingly, the 2021 NHL Mass Mutual Eastern Division. Uh, I am not shocked to find that Banks and Honda is the NHL's favorite sponsor. So you got to really, you got to give them all their sponsorships. They're used to having the like, them and Bridgestone bounce back and forth for All Star Game. And, not only that, but they're probably thriving right now, while other companies are just going tanking because of what's going on. Yeah, so we got this uh, Scotia. Not shocked to find that's the bank they chosen above the border. Uh, and yeah, so I don't know. Again, I just whatever's gonna avoid the stupid. I I hate when I see a jersey with too many sponsorships on it. I don't mind like one on the back and one on the shoulder or whatever. But when you start, can't tell. So I'd rather them sell division names because it's really more ceremonial than anything else. What do you think? Were you shocked? Were you shocked it took this long to get divisional sponsors? 
No, not re- no, not in a league that's actually looking for money. To be honest with you, and, and everything that's going on, and and the losses they've taken since March of 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 twenty twenty. Um, no, nothing shocks me anymore about how to get revenue into this uh, into this game and moving forward in the twenty twenty one season. But uh, yeah, it's just. It is what it is. For me, it's just suck it up for one more year and and move forward. And and hopefully this doesn't. We can get back in a regular uh, scenario in early October. You know, just like a regular regular season has started in the past. It's just let's let's go from that. But this is just for me. It's important for me as a fan and and obviously to keep our, our B&G company together uh, to have uh, hockey-related stuff going on, uh, you know, I do want to see a competitive 56 season, 56-game season. But also, I'm willing to let, let this pass fast to get back in track uh, next season. Yeah, sometimes I just wish that the sponsors were something related to hockey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a Bauer or a Pure Hockey or whatever kind. Of, and I understand that logistically Honda has a lot more money to play with it. You know, whatever. But it's just, I understand it's because every team has their own equipment sponsor. And that's yeah. why they can't sell like an NHL. But could you, no one is. How about this one? Like next like next season, could you see a, a Cialis freaking ad on a jersey? And like yeah. go hard for the Bruins. It's like. You don't want to do that. Yeah, you do. You're a Bruins fan. That's perfect for this fan base. No, I know, I know, right? It's like we all had big Johnson t-shirts back (laughs) in the day. I'm just saying, like, um, but I would look forward to them selling the Tahoe game. That could be the Bridgestone Lake Tahoe series or whatever they're going to call it. You know when we get to Stanley Cup, they're selling all of it. It's going to be the five minutes of each freaking it's not going to be just the Ford final five. It's going to be the Bridgestone first five, the whatever, Bridgestone first period, whatever thing. That's what they're, they're going to sell whatever they end up doing. I mean, it's not going to be traditional. I, I don't believe traditional East West conference, but they are going to have to decide these eight teams are going to be in this playoff. And these eight teams are going to be in this playoff and they'll sell those names. They'll sell the Stanley cup may have a new name this year. It'll be like the waffle fries, the nacho fries from Taco Bell Cup this year. I don't know. I do want to mention to the listeners. I do want to mention to the listeners and the viewers uh, on YouTube that it, it sucks. It sucks to think about the jerseys becoming like international hockey type, but in a time like this, you've got to like do whatever you have to do as a league to like get that flat salary cap that's now projected to be almost four years because of what happened in in 2020 with coronavirus and all this stuff you have to have to freaking say we need what we can as a revenue stream to keep those years of flat cap coming back so the more money we can gravitate to as a league and fanship you have to understand that Every opportunity that they're looking at brings back more years on that flat cap. I get that. I Sorry for rambling. Stuff. No, I know you get no, it. No, but I was going to say. A lot, of folks, a lot of folks reference us as a show to get some yeah. kind of like intelligent information. I know we're not intelligent all the time. And we're not, we don't, you know, insiders and blah, blah, blah. We do try. I mean, I think we put on a good program. We do our research and, and, and try our best. So, and try to inform me. Oh, wow. Bad yeah. word. 
for, for me as a fan, I would rather them sell every damn division. I don't care if every team has their own sponsor. We are now the Warrior Ice Boston Bruins. I don't care. There you go. And to have too many sponsors on the jersey because I think then you look tacky. And I don't think you should look tacky. I think you should look perfect. Nothing to me, like there are very few things that I think look really nice than a nice, crisp, hockey outfit like when they step on the ice how you design it shows how badass you or whatever these are so once you get too many mercedes benz and this and that like no offense the swedes are playing plenty hockey and it doesn't bother them but visually to me as a fan and i get like they don't really have ad sponsors on the boards and stuff as much this year because you don't know if anyone's no one's going to pay you five million dollars for nobody to be in your building and see your ad you know what i mean although that's stupid because most people are watching at home and you can still see the boards there but um yeah so anyway they can sell their souls to the devil as long as they keep it in reason if they start patching up these boys on their actual jerseys. Do you know what I mean? Like one on the shoulder, like how the basketball players have been doing, you know, the NBA has been doing. That's one thing. Football does. But like, again, I just don't need like Boston, Mercedes, Saab, you know, for Jesus. Again, I'm an American. All our commercials revolve around beer slash alcohol, Drive, but don't drive drunk after you drink all those beers we just told you to drink. And cars. Cars. Oh, yeah. And then they tell us all about the drugs that we have to take after we've drank all our beers, potentially drink driving, like injured ourselves and whatever. So I would like to see not that many sponsors on a sporting jersey. That's just right. me. I know that's weird. But we also have a helmet sponsor every team does. And to the shock of everybody in Boston and around the world, TD Bank, as predicted by moi, shock of and all everyone, shocks. and everyone with a brain, TD Bank. I mean, I'm just saying, you you got to keep your own money. Like at least, at least the Jacobs have a bank group that can they can get to sponsor. You know what I mean? Because we've still had money. Like right. money is still so at least the actual banking part that's still going. And I just thought that was funny. Like, oh, they revealed it. Oh, TD Bank. Wow. I it was either that, that or Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah. Well, I think, why can't you have one on the front and the back? So you get, like, two on the side, Dunks, yep. all day long. Everyone loves Dunks. And we, we, we released a... Dunks, you still love We released a really cool photo of Pierce Bergeron with some black and gold hockey podcast <laughs> freaking in the front. Just saying. Reach out. We have a budget. Call us, Charlie Jacobs. <laughs> we'll talk. Call us. Right. Expect to call Cam Neely to discuss these new sponsorship opportunities from Black and Gold Productions. We'll, we'll give you five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, again, like you said, it, it, expect expansion on advertising opportunities. They're going to sell everything. Like I said, I just I would like to maybe see some of the sponsors not be the same things we see all the time on TV. Maybe we can find something unique and. Uh, also, eye-catching. It might be more appealing to not be one of 42 car, you know, sponsors in a thing. Very so, true. All right. That's that. So um, we've already talked about that. Oh, I'm just going to mention, I know Matt is not with us, but I wanted to bring up, Matt had put out a Twitter poll this week that said, which um, at NHL Bruins players will have the biggest breakout season? And the, he gave Stadnika... Bjork, Zaboral, and Lozon as, or is it Lozon or Lozon? I hear it both ways. L-A-U, Lozon. All right. 
Well, just because it's spelled that way doesn't mean that's how it's pronounced. No, I that's know. What I've, I know. That's what I've learned watching hockey all these years. Is like I remember being like, "What do you mean it's not Desjardins? I don't. What are you talking about, Desjardins? I just yep. all the French I learned was in ballet class and watching the French Channel. Um, so, um, anyways, Stanika had a whopping fifty-seven percent. Anders Bjork had twelve percent. Jakob Blaco, uh, Jakob Blaco, what? Jakob Blaco. Jakob. <laughs> Hold on. Jakob Zborl. I don't know why I couldn't say Zborl for a second. That was weird. It was like stuck. Uh, got 12% and Jeremy Lozon got 19%. Um, this was an interesting poll. Matt got a good amount of response too. Like 250 people responded. So it's good sample size of this weirdo fan base, um, which of which I am one. So no one ever get offended. Like, I have my own five minutes. Hands I like here. literally... <laughs> Last week, someone had tweeted something about Joey Juno. I was like, oh, my God, remember when he got traded? And I thought I was going to die. I really thought. I was like, why is this happening? We got Ally. Yeah, but now, you know, we got Adam. We got Ally free. I don't care. Send him back to Washington. Oh, my God. (laughs) You were so young back then. You didn't know that shit happened. (laughs) Well, no, it was like you never thought. Like, it's just like when. You, you're like one of those. And the whole thing is like, am I really mad that now we have Ally Fr- No, I'm not mad we had Ally Frady. But just at that moment, I was like, how can you do this? Because he was supposed to be like, the, like you know, whatever. Things were clicking. We had a few good lines going on at that time. I had hope. Right. And, you know, being a Bruins fan, all you have is hope on most of the time. So um, I just want to, I guess, wanted to ask you, with the just kind of general, like, playing off for this poll, do you... How much do you think people's reactions to the young players? And I'm going to ask you because you actually know them statistically, but also you have your own personal favorites. Like Stanika won by 57%. Do you think he needs to have a breakout year to prove himself or because everyone just really wants him to be what they want him to be? You know, like, I mean, for all the young kids, I guess, like, do you think that the reaction is more of they actually have that expectation or they just really want some of these players to have that? Like, I'll say that was Zaboral. I'd love for him to come out of that camp with a spot. Sucks he might bump somebody else I might want there too, but so what say you, our young dudes, dude? I I don't know. That's kind of a, a weird way to unpack everything, but I think that I don't want to put high expectations on a player like Jack Sneaker. I, I want him to be in the lineup and I want him to be learning from the like the the best uh, you know and I'm not going to use the perfection line as a as a pundit here or anything like that but I I I want them to him to learn from like Marshan and Bergeron and that'd be a great opportunity while Pasternak is out of the lineup um I do, really don't want to set high expectations I I do love that he's in the lineup but breakout year for me i don't know if he's gonna be in the in that category even though i did vote for him i do want to like reciprocate on my vote a little bit and just say um what he's going to be doing is learning and in continuing develop to develop and obviously he's going to earn a spot but i would not like set like huge huge goals for him as much as i'd love to see it i'm i i don't want to expect it so I think sometimes you risk putting too much expectation on a young player when they're not ready. Yeah. So although he should have the pressure, he should be at this point, you know, and and we've talked about this with a lot of our young guys, you better like shit or get off the pot, you know, like you need to, because if you aren't going to make it here, if you want to make it anywhere, you gotta, you know what I mean? Start showing to stay up at the NHL level if you'd like to do that. 
But I, I think oftentimes, I mean, there are very few people who are the Patrice Bergerons that at 17, not that he didn't have to learn and grow, but have a natural development. Like Sidney Crosby was came in as Sidney Crosby. That doesn't mean he had no growth over the last 13, whatever it is. I mean, how old is he now? God, he must be like 33 now, 32, oh, yeah. something yep. like that, right? I mean, he's no longer Sid the kid. He's like Sid getting ready for the wheelchair because of all the skating he's done. His knees don't even know how bad they're going to hurt later. Um, you know, there's too, sometimes you can put too much pressure on the kid and that actually impedes them more than not getting in the spot in the lineup. Do you right. know what I just think yep. that sometimes that happens. And especially I think that happens more in forwards than defense because there is an innate understanding like defensemen take longer to develop. And until you're really playing consistently on the higher levels, like you're not going to develop into your true, you know, and then sometimes people get drafted and they really don't become, you know, more than a, wow, great scouting reports. But once you get to that level, you can't adjust for whatever reason, even if you go somewhere else for a little bit, come back. But I feel like that might be a thing with Stanika. Like, let's not put too much pressure on him because although he is good, we still do have very small sample sizes of any of these young guys against the grown men in the NHL. True. Last year, some of them got a little better look because we went into the bubble, right? And we had to carry more people. But that's not the same as playing 56 intensive games. So on one hand, that's great. It's only 56 games. So if the kids do struggle a little, which you expect, to, you know, the young guys to do, it's not going to be as mind-blowing damage as long as you can keep winning, even if it's sloppy, right? But in 82 game, it might, it could have been just a two weeks of games too long for them to be able to kind of have meaningful impact and not have huge lows. So we're going to see what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to be a breakout. We never know, but we always have a young kid. But I would also argue, is it really a breakout season if you already expect, say, a Jack Stadnika to be up here? If they're up there, because that kind of what you thought they'd be. You know what I mean? So, like, Kenny, like, maybe hopefully scores 15 goals, puts up a bunch of assists and or, you know what I mean, whatever. But, like, he shouldn't be our 30-goal scorer we're looking for. You know what I mean? I need... Kasha to maybe be that person because that's what he's getting paid to do. Yeah, but he's also he's also a work in progress when you're trying to address like secondary scoring. You know, mm -hmm. if you're not relying on the first line all the time, he's a young asset that could certainly develop this year and it remains to be seen what happens with Krejci next season with his one year, uh, last year of uh, his contract. And then if you see Coyle jump up one more, and then you can see Sadnika be in the third line, I mean, that's just a perfect scenario for you. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Is like he, I, I think some people, and this isn't like, I understand, like, you really love young people. But, like, some people really think just putting in a younger kid is the better option, when that might not necessarily be be true whether that so I just feel like sometimes we create a situation I don't want to set kids up to fail either I want them to be the best they can be but like you said I don't want anybody under the impression now if Jack Stanika becomes the the cure-all to the secondary scoring on this team well cool but I don't think that's going to be this year and I feel like some people do feel like okay if you just play Stanika then that's going to fix all that no, no like you said no. he's still a young kid that has to grow his it's legs such a trial and error way. it's such a trial yeah. and error for this freaking yeah. Bruins lineup you need to insert these guys because believe it or not some of these core members are on their way out whether except they accept um long term I'm sorry extensions later on after their contracts are over or not 
you still have to have these guys waiting in the wings. So I just think that Jack's a freaking solid freaking member of this organization that shouldn't be expected to score 40 goals or 40 assists and 80-point freaking season when he yeah. when he could easily thrive in his development at a 15-15 and 15 year in a 56-game season. You know, that's all I'm saying. It's just... Let's not set high expectations, and then when when they fail and you look bad, you shit on the player because that's what you fucking do with a lot of prospects around in this organization that you really shouldn't do because you don't have the opportunity to watch them full time. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, some criticisms are fair. Like there does get to a point, like we always talk about, like for some of these kids, just like they might be the next. Uh, core of this team some of you are going to be out of here in the next 24 months because we need better prospects then if like after five or six years you're still you know what i mean like you don't want to no one's a prospect until they're 28 like you know what i mean kind of thing like yeah and sometimes players it's better to go somewhere else and sometimes that's what you need to finish developing into whatever you think you can do you know so like maybe you're never going to have a chance to be the third line or fourth liner which is where you're going to probably be for your career there's no spot for you here there's nothing wrong with weeding out who really could truly be with you know developing over the next year or two become the new core and those who are great but like maybe it's more valuable somewhere else because Honestly, I'm all for like low. I always say like, I don't care because in the long run, it's better to have one real right defenseman than three. I'm only paying you a million dollars, 800. That's still 3 million bucks that you could be paying to one. You know what you're getting. So I'm all for letting people grow. But at this point for me, you got to start weeding some of these people out because I'm sorry, the people as lovely as some of these prospects are, they aren't realistically your next core. You're going to have to go get better top draft picks because we've pissed them all away for a decade. We need to be higher in the draft again, okay? And hopefully when we had all those draft picks high, those guys work out. And some of them, we got to know when to, just like when you got to know when to let your chara go, you got to know when... These some of these players are not good in the system or whatever you're going. And that's what that's on Cassidy over the next year. Do you know what I mean? Because he does know these young people and he does know what his vision is for this team going forward from the Zidane Chara era slash Patrice Bergeron era, because there'll be a next era after Bergeron and Marshawn and them. So I guess that's my response to Matt's poll is everyone, can we set realistic expectations for these kids? And if they excel and they go over and above that's awesome. But if right. not, we're not going to make more Blaine Lockers of the world where we oh. just thought they were the next Venza winners and they definitely weren't. You know, I'm just... I got you. Saying. Okay. Where so, are we going now? Uh, that's that. Okay. Um, Actually, this is something that you put on that you wanted to talk about, Um, that the talk about some of the technology and the in-arena technology that's the NHL is using this season. Yeah, I wanted to touch on it last week, but we I totally forgot... Um to add it to the agenda, but um, there will be a, a, uh, an insertion of a chip in a puck. So, and I believe that there's going to be sensors that are going to be in the goal, uh, in the uh, posts, and the crossbar, that once anything crosses that, if it's like halfway across, or, or, or a little more than halfway across, no matter if the goaltender covers it and you see it under his pad, will be defined like they are they are going the way of technology and uh, no more camera angles and no more if uh, a referee sees it or not 
it is going to be, if that goal is across the line, it counts. And I think it's going to speed up the game a little bit. Uh, the reviews, which um, obviously take way too long in a league that's trying to keep everything under two or around two and a half hours, which it kind of seems ridiculous, but it well, is. That what seems it is. weird, anyways, because that's the average of a hockey game. No matter how you cut it, just the way intermissions are, it's usually around two and a half hours a hockey game without a lot of penalties. Right, so. but but I also believe that they're trying to eliminate the idea of always calling Toronto when you could actually make the call in house. You know. Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. When you have the call to Toronto to figure out, because you can't figure it out in-house, I think that takes a little longer and so on. I think that's just kind of ridiculous. But, um, you know, in the offside rule and so on, you don't have to you, you break the plane now. You don't have to touch the ice. I think that's very important, too, for keeping the game moving forward and so on. And, well, and keeping goals on the board. Keeping good goals on the board, you know what I mean? So Yeah, um, yeah, that... Offside, same thing. My only thing is there's danger with technology. Like, do I have to bring up the, uh, what is the targets at the All-Star game last year and what went wrong? That segment took an hour and a half when it's only designed to be a 20-minute segment or whatever. Um, So that's the only thing that concerns me. I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm, I'm sure very brilliant, you know, whatever, like ice or sports whatever physicists or whoever are working on this. I I don't know whose job it is to come up with this kind of technology, but a combination of computer people and sports engineering people. Um, So that's my only concern is introducing new technologies without really testing the technologies. Like until I see it a little bit in regular games and I know it's working generally, there's not, because this is the NHL. And the last thing we need is Tortorella losing his mind on the bench during playoffs because this is when the puck is going to decide to not censor the goal that clearly went right. in but now we've taken away the ability to call it i'm not saying they're using it in lieu of they're probably going to still call toronto as necessary you know what i mean yep. because it's a new technology until it's proven what i remember do- how awesome those pucks with the trail were going to be those no, lasted those for 12 terrible. and a half seconds because it was even the 20 years ago idea. i hated them oh my god i was like are we all tripping what the hell i can't like, watch a hockey game like this <laughs> What I do like about the technology is it's going to be more increased on player performance, individual player performance, um, when you're on and off the ice and and how your time is actually tracked. Uh, Plus minus is not a huge stat, but that would be, you know, if you're on when it happens, it'll definitely be uh, detailed. Um, But there's another thing about this whole technology that is, is kind of scary when you think about it as a player. And I'm not a player. I'm just, I'm just speaking as what I've read from, um, previous articles about this is like, this could be a a very interesting um, uh, topic about negotiations for further contracts. Like these guys are going to have like, they're going to be tapped into like their heart rates and all this stuff. And, 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 you know, this and that. So if a player is deemed unhealthy in a certain technology area that an organization might want to say, that we're like concerned about that could be used as um you know a negotiation thing like hey listen you might have a heart problem that we're not fully invested on you know signing long term see that's going to be interesting because it's a union and that can be discrimination based on precondition so it's gonna that would be 
that's going to open up a whole lot of privacy and whatever issues because just because you have access to that info does not now allow you to create a reason to get rid of people either. So on one hand, it's great because you know what? It allows a team to know. So like, obviously, you know, whatever. So like Lundquist right now, right? He had to have open heart surgery, you know, thing. So on one Successful, hand, by the way. Thank God. Yes. Very successful. Yep. And we thinking because Hank's awesome. We all love, yep. you know what I mean? Big He's, fan of the fucking Lundquist. Yeah. Definitely love that dude. And um, so on one hand, it might be good for preventative, like when J-Bo Misto went down or whatever last year, things like that. So on one hand, it's going to be awesome to help keep them healthy, but that's going to be the ethical and legal thing that will come up is that's also personal health info. Just like the NHL yeah. can't go, guess what? So-and-so has gonorrhea. So like you can't do that. It's a private. Right. So That'll be interesting in future negotiations. They can't even fucking agree get the escrow right. Can you imagine negotiating <laughs> how much of your how much of your test results beyond the normal? Yeah, no like, kidding. Can I run? Oh god, that'll be a whole can of worms. But I, I do think technology is good, and it, it's a double edged sword, right? So you got to get it right. You also have to decide how long you're going to try let it be wrong until you get it right. So we'll yep. see how it rolls out. Are they? Do you know are they using them in all games? Like this is going forward. Or are they going to test? Yes. Them this no. This season? is going to be everywhere. Everywhere. So everyone starting yep. this season. Starting this okay. season. I yep. I didn't get to read that article. I, I don't know why. I meant Matt to have Porter you actually had it in the Boston Globe. Um, follow him on Twitter at Matty yeah. Ports. Um, see. This is the problem is I like things, so I remember to go back and look at retweet. them. Like, say I'm at work, and then I Always see it. Always retweet, because you can look back on your timeline and fo follow that. That's why I retweet everything, and people say, oh, you're just being a homer, and this and that. I'm like, no. It's because I want to remind myself to read stuff. The problem is I retweet everything, and then I'll be bogged down looking through my retweets. Ah, so yeah, I yeah. try to, like, jot down, like, who it was so I can, like, look up in Matt Porter's thing and look, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm a spazzo with that. But, okay. So that being said, we now have, you said Vancouver, right? So we now have two teams that have having things shut down by the National Hockey League, and we haven't even. Um, this is the part where we start it's understanding. six now that shut down their um – their facilities, not too. Right. But like we know that. So this is the NHL's new look of this is how to do your sport, not in the bubble. Right. Because we in the NBA both did really excellent jobs with the bubble. Once everyone was settled in or whatever, zero tests coming in, everything, everyone came in and out perfectly fine. Even even the Tampa Bay Lightning who went home and slop spit with 30,000 oh. people and <laughs> Um, you know what I mean. Like you see that. Pat Maroon, like, <laughs> gross. <laughs> Sorry, don't throw, don't throw me off. So, anyways, the other day, um, first thing, like, kind of in the morning when training camp practices would start, there was no training camp today. Dallas Stars, uh, the league will address it later, which was a red flag for COVID. They have like 15 people on staff right now, players and whoever, something like that. Don't quote lead directly. There could be more now or less, but that was, so they closed down the Dallas stars. They're already talking, rescheduling their games. That means rescheduling other people's games. Vancouver came out not that long ago. And there's a few other facilities that have been shut down. So this is our first week of, is this we is this going to proceed as we all hope it does with little or minimal? Because now they have to go away. Like they isolate the asses, yeah. so your team's leaving you behind. So what say you about this? Does this make you nervous for 
at least this first month, maybe, to see what's going to happen. It doesn't matter what's it scenario, uh, sports related or just general humanity. This is just a curveball that's been thrown and continues to be thrown every time. Um, it's just we have to adapt to what's going on with the world these days. And unfortunately, people and players are getting struck with this thing and it's shutting down facilities and it's putting um, organizations in a very difficult situation when it's coming down to like the, the 11th hour. I mean, this season starts on the 14th of January 2021. And for this all to open up, it's expected. Yes, it is. But how how is it going to be um, maintained and and um, and how strict is everything going to be? Might come down to um, tightening everything up, you know. And I I do want to say something that I you know I do happen to know people that go to the Warrior Ice Arena to support the Boston Bruins, but I'm not thrilled about hearing about fans being around and and like hanging out with uh when players leave and getting you know autographs and so on this is a time when we need to buckle down as as society and like fight the power and fight this together and if you want hockey to keep going you should really eliminate limit your your time with these players uh because Outside exposure is a serious freaking thing. Whether you're a mask mask man, a mask person, or not, uh, just oh, please be smart about this thing. I mean, uh, it really bothers me that that security wasn't around to like, or, or is not around at any of these facilities to like keep the fans away because this is nothing to joke about. It's not a joke. It's you know, you, let's get back to reality in October. You know, frustrating. Especially because it's indoor. It's not like football or baseball. At least they're outside and you can, you know, they're giant, giant stadiums that even when you cut them down to 25, like yesterday my Bills played and it was the first time the fans had been in the stands all year. The governor gave like special permission. I think it was probably just a way to not have his people hate him at this point. But um for some fans to be in the stands, you know, and also it was the first playoff game in forever and uh, win in forever in a day, but that's fine. But at least that's outside, which is part of what they say, right? Like activities outside tend to be more safe because you naturally have like circulation air in this. Um, I get that, but why take a chance? Into, oh, oh, I'm not saying not. that, but I'm just saying like, at least if you're an outdoor sport, there's an argument you could make. You're setting up better conditions. Just like in the summer we had, Cases were kind of steadying out because people aren't all shoved in a, in poorly ventilated buildings with whatever, you know, and um, I don't think that you should risk it. I know um, like even where you might be able to, I know the Sharks are opting to not have fans in the stands either way. Like even if California is allowing it, they're just not. Um, it really sucks as fans, but I think the important thing is, the players, it's hard enough to just control the 300 people that are going to be associated with each organization, you know, like, because this year, it's not like the bubble, you could only bring so many people in, you're going to travel with the essential people you would always travel with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and 
it's better to limit as much contact with them as possible. I honestly think it would be more healthy to figure out how to have families be with them sometimes than to worry about the fans. And that sucks because I know the players love the fans. And as a fan, it breaks my fucking heart. Okay. Like we can't, this Some... is just as bad as when it was a lockout, how you just feel like there's never going to be hockey and you're never going to get to see hockey. But you know what? If the best thing so that the Bruins can play and whoever can play is I stay the fuck home and figure out how if Nassim or, maybe ever be available. Or be a player and just say, you know what, it sucks, but leave your window up and keep driving. Mm-hmm. When they leave, when these guys leave, when these Boston Bruins players leave the training facility at Warrior Ice Arena and the people out there with their, their Sharpies and everything like that, just keep driving revisit this whole thing in October. Open your windows and be receptive in October when you are not exposed to everything else that you're trying to move forward with. It drives me absolutely freaking nuts. I can't understand why fans constantly do this. In the environment we're freaking living in right now, you want to see hockey, you want to see these players on ice all the time, leave them the fuck alone. I think at this point, though, is that people... that. That's like something normally people would do and people are looking for normalcy. You know what I mean? But I agree with you. I would not. I mean, if you want to still have fan meet and greets, you've got to control that environment. It's got to be a, I sold 50 tickets for people to come in and meet Patrice Bergeron and they have to show proof of vaccination slash, not that the COVID tests are perfect by any means, but at least if you've been swabbed in the last 48 hours and it came back or maybe you have to have two negative just like uh, I know the Bills game like you had to have proof you had but you know whatever you didn't they weren't just letting people in like let me take your temperature and then you can come in here like you had to prove that you would be 99% sure that if you walk in here you're not infecting your anybody else right. or you're not getting it you know um, what's interesting to me just on this is that if you look at the key dates, right? So May 18th is supposed to be the last regular season game. We're playing the Rangers that day. And that is the last day play. They have the 11th as the cup playoffs beginning, but we seem to be probably starting the week already with some rescheduled games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that doesn't leave a lot of flexibility because we all know it takes two months for the cup playoffs and you have to award the cup by July 9th to not run into, I mean, the only closest thing for the NHL itself right around there is uh, the expansion draft list is due on the 17th because the there's a couple weeks in between before they do the, the NHL draft. But that's not a lot of time to, what if you have to reschedule the first six games yeah. of Dallas? It's not a lot of time or, at all. It's not much time. No flexibility on rescheduling it. Because the schedule's already tight enough. Like I said, they're not necessarily actual back-to-back, but it's more every other day here, maybe a day off. There are chunks where teams are shut down for like six days that it probably, which are you're going home, so hang out with your family and reset. But now we're looking at already those players may have to have those days off because now you might have to play on that Wednesday because whatever. So I just beg... fans please it's not worth it it's trust me i would be the first fucking person wanting to be in line to go and see the bruins but it's not worth it and athletes i right now i'm not too worried because camp has been very short so it's not like they're together for the six weeks like they normally are on and off and everyone's been tested you know this could just be 
the results of now it's been 10 days, 14 days that everyone's been back in the town. And now, it, you know, the virus is either you're getting it or you didn't get it. And now they the test. So hopefully that's what it is. Right. But, because that happened yeah. before when they came back to camp. There were a lot of tests. You coming back all together from all around. But as you're in there, keep yourself negative. Yeah, exactly. Like as players, not just on the Bruins, I'm talking to all of them. You're not in the, you're not like, don't approach it normal. Keep it to you and your teammates. Yeah. Keep it to you and your immediate family. And that sucks, but that's the only way you're all going to stay mostly safe with the travel and stuff now. Exactly. So like the baseball did it completely wrong. They were idiots the whole way around last year or whatever, but they did end up pulling off a champion. Football has had their moments, but overall, even with travel and stuff, they've been all right. So hopefully basketball and hockey can be all right. You know what I mean? In the end, you can't make it perfect, but you can control things like fans in the stands or keeping your ass at home and not going out partying. Thank God. Thank God. Brad Marchand is not still like 22. We'd be in trouble. (laughs) Try and keep his ass in the house. Just kidding. And in there. Okay. Um, so that's that. But um, speaking of the young studs, we just wanted to say congratulations, David Pasternak and his girl are having a baby boy, baby pasta on the way. So congratulations to them. Um, I know some people had responded. Corey Krug put a picture out that said Uncle Pasternak or whatever. It was him holding Tori's daughter. So like, I'm sure the boys are all pumped. He's now officially moving from a, he's still young, but he's now moving into our old married man group <laughs> very no cool bachelors they're all moving to the other side very cool uh, yeah congrats um, congrats to the Pasternak on the the uh the birth of their first child and hopefully many more and hopefully that you know this birth uh creates a 50 50 goal in 56 game season yeah maybe. Let's, let's complete this goal and uh and not be like compared to or write a line with uh, uh, Ovechkin this time. That'd be awesome. All I know is there's going to be a lot of freaking babies born to the yeah. NHL players <laughs> in March, April, May, June, July. Like everyone's either getting ma- married or having babies or getting married and probably going to end up having some babies. Like that's one thing. We definitely have had a lot of breeding of future potential NHL all-stars <laughs> after the bubble incident. So count the months between the bubble before the bubble, after the bubble, there might be a little low. All right. Um, this is just a, a, we kind of have talked about all the big things. So I guess we'll just get through uh, the just as important, but little things. Um, this is random, but the N- NWHL is going to their bubble on the, uh, I believe play starts the 23rd uh for them so once again follow the boston pride they're awesome if you're not following them we don't know what's wrong with you mark and i both agree you should be doing it and if you are not and let's if we say it we mean it we don't not mean it um they're still doing the fan cutouts uh, all the nwhl teams so maybe you're a bruins fan so you listen to us but maybe you're from minnesota and you really you know love the team closest to you you can support the NWHL team of your choice by getting your own custom fan cutout. There are different levels. At a certain level, you can even get it signed by the whole team and sent back to you after. But if you'd like to see yourself at Lake Placid and historic Lake Placid with these ladies who are going to, this is going to be an awesome like month, like actually it's like three weeks. It's like a month of time and it's going to be awesome because all these teams just really great, great athletes all around. And you can watch uh, on NBC, folks. NBC. This is going to be yeah. nationally televised stuff. This is yeah, a this, huge step for women's hockey. This is like this is the 
opening grounds, the breeding grounds of them getting covered on the regular. You know, I, I love their streams on Twitch in the past, but this is going to be so much bigger when it comes to freaking coverage of this uh, awesome league. Yeah, and it's great. So if you, we just wanted to bring up the deadlines, the fifteenth. So if you did want to get, uh, I heard, I think that the, um, I read that the Rangers are sending some cutouts of their players to with the for the Connecticut Whale and maybe the Riveters, uh, you know. So that's kind of fun that the NHL teams are sending players to be fans in the stands. That'll be fun. Well, I wish they get so. more involved and not just cutouts and, and more corporate sponsors with these clubs. Yes, make so, it thirty-two um, teams folks yeah we'll go as we go but like i said they gotta get involved however uh again i wouldn't like to see them take over the league i just would like more of the guidance and help grow and you know the the like fist bump to each other kind of affiliation as opposed to them totally taking over that uh but that being said if that's what had to happen hashtag boston just Uh, leave it at that yeah so (laughs) i i just uh Support the ladies. It's going to be awesome. If you can check out any part of the tournament. It's not really a tournament. They're all playing so many games. It's kind of like a tournament, but not a tournament. You're in a bubble. And then they're going to have the actual cup, like Mark said, will be on NBCSN. Is that what it's called? And NBCSN. Yes, I always get that and MSNBC confused in my head. Uh, finals on the 4th and 5th of February. Mark your calendars, please. Okay, shall we do the hashtag AskBNGs? Boom shakalaka. Let's do it. Okay, um, thank you everyone who has sent in a hashtag AskBNG. I would like to remind everybody, please use the hashtag AskBNG because this helps Inga ask the questions to the boys who we don't have Matt today, but so now it's Mark. Uh, but we we are going to do the best we can. We're going to start with Clovis Roy asks, will Miller return to form just to prove Mark wrong? Clovis. I'm going to say no because I don't like Kevin Miller, but apparently he's been on fire at camp, so what do I know, Mark? Clovis uh, throwing the shots. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, and no. I'm still on board that Kevin Miller is going to be a veteran presence, but I think I, the young guys deserve a chance over him. Um, hasn't played a lot and kind of a liability in my opinion. So I would go with the healthier, younger players and um, get them inserted into the lineup because uh, it's going to happen sooner or later that this decoy is going to be very young. So why not start now? And um, if you honestly, like I said in the in the previous um, hour of the show, um, if you wanted somebody to be that leadership and so on, then you should have kept Chara for another year or tried to keep him anyway. But regardless. All right. Oh, what I do. OK, sorry. Good. I didn't lose it. I, thought <laughs> I lost it. No, I'm like, now. hold on. I got to work. Up no, you lost, you, you lost it. You lost it. It's it's clear that I just don't want to think about Kevin Miller too long. It hurts my head. Um, It's clear that the NH. Oh, this is from Andrew uh, Taverna, uh, a blacking one of our own here over here at BNG. Asks us. It's clear that the hashtag NHL Bruins plan on using Miller as their veteran blue liner this season instead of bringing someone in. Do you think he's better than available players remaining on the market? Um. No. Like I, I was totally on like a semi. Uh, I think it's semi Vatanen. Yeah. I was yeah I was on him and at a low cap hit, and so on. So uh, no, they could have addressed uh, needs elsewhere, but 
the Miller edition and and extension, believe it or not, is um, more or less to me like a it's a buddy buddy thing. Like you've busted your ass throughout your career. Uh, he's starting in the AHL with the Providence Bruins and worked your way up to the NHL, and he's he's been a warrior. There's no doubt about that. I'm not shitting on any of the of his accolades or anything like that. It's just his placement in the NHL right now with the way that the Bruins want to go in the youth movement is just a, a little displacing, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he is better than what's available on the market. I And not that there's that much still remaining, but when they signed him... Hutton just I signed, think, by the way. I just got the, I got the uh, yeah, Anaheim Ducks. And, and I'm a big um, Vatanen fan, and I, he's great because he's versatile. I can't believe he sat this long out there because uh, he isn't that big of a cap hit. He's young. He's not been coming... Um, Carolina, I'm I'm a little like Carolina, right? I was a little confused that they didn't resign. You know what I mean? Him, uh, but Jersey's better for it. And um, I, I think that when they re-signed Miller, they had already decided they weren't going to bother to get a defenseman. Why they decided that, I have no idea, Andrew. And uh, thank you, by the way. This question set off quite the Twitter chain of discussion about our blue line, uh, which makes me happy because I love the defense. Uh, I don't know if I love this defense yet. I, I haven't seen them play any games, but I'll let you know on that. But, um, but no, I think that before you ever considered, and again, nothing, I don't like him as a defense, like not my cup of tea necessarily as a player, but definitely I will not take away. This dude loves this team. He loves his teammates. He is a warrior. He is a fighter, but I would never have given him that much money. I just wouldn't have, I would have just made him have a PTO. I would have signed a Sammy Vatnin to say, Hey, can you, keep up with the like, you know, young defenseman of this league anymore. You know what I mean? Like see what you can do. If you can still do what your skill set is great. Uh, why he was on a PT, not on a PTO still befuddles me. And that is partly again, like I said, why I was a little bitter with, so you're going to let Krug and Chara walk, but we're going to give him X amount of dollars. Like if you play 10 minutes of a game, I'm going to give you an extra $300,000. Like that's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, um, no, Andrew, I do not think he was the best thing. Do I think that he seems to be maybe one of the best options we have? That's great. But I don't know if I personally feel better about that. You know what I mean? Um, so let's see what else we have here. Sorry. Again, it is hard to pull up when hashtag PNG use it. Yeah, please. no, I have it up, but the way people do it, like, you no, said. I'm so just talking have, uh, hashtag BNG. Use it, please. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying to me, like, I know nope. that I pull it up every nope. week. I usually write it down, but, um, Bill, um, Barry, who I will not, uh, say use the hashtag too because Mark was always like thanks buddy but use the hashtag he's already <laughs> said that before Bill I will ask uh, read Bill's question though which of the young defensemen are most NHL ready overall who do you think will be the biggest surprise this season I like Zaboral because I think that in our style he's probably the most NHL ready to kind of already in his skill set he has step in and use that you know what I mean I think we have a lot of great young defensemen who might be awesome, but that's me. I think I would pick Saboral as probably the young defenseman. I think, I don't know, like just in his, 
around skill set is kind of the player he's going to be. He's just going to get better at being that player as opposed to some people, you know, some people on the best, on, you know, when you got to hustle back or whatever kind of thing. That's me. Well, let's say you, Mark, on that. I'm I'm big on Zabor. I'm, I'm I really want him to make this roster, and 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 I'm. Uh, it's sad to think that if he doesn't make the roster and he needs to go down to the AHL via the waiver priority, or I'm sorry, waiver wire. Um, I don't think he's going to be around long. So, and I think that possibly like a really good opportunity if it doesn't happen this year. Uh, w- would happen the season after. But that wave of priority makes me scared because I don't believe he's going to be on there very long. I think he he's a young player that could be claimed by a lot of teams that are looking to address uh, certain needs uh, on their defense. So landscape for the Boston Bruins is tough right now because you you look at this season and they're, and all the rosters that are, the roster spots that are um, you know contracted and so on. It's it's tough to to crack, but. You know, who do you think? Is there any big surprise? Like your overall, who's your surprise? That was kind of the second part of it. Out of camp, uh, I really want to see Sadika do well and show that he can, you know, be a valued player on the right side, possibly address a little bit of secondary scoring, but also you could work on his um, development as he inserts into a center position role when uh, departures happen up the middle from, like, you know, Krejci and and so on. Yeah. I am actually, this goes, you know who I'm kind of voting for, I want to have a really good year, is your boy Zach Senishin because he got a lot of buzz this week from the coach. Big fan. And if anything, I want him to have value for himself. Even if, I, I don't expect him to make the roster this time, but if he can get himself on that taxi squad, that means he's finally made the impression on Cassidy that I think he needed to make. Yep. And Cassidy's going to have a good assessment of him as watching him grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, being around doing that. So uh, this is... Uh, another one. I'm, I was just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to keep looking down, but I feel like the B and G people are just chirping each other this week. I, I thought you and I's little Trent Frederick fight the other day, but no, apparently all, all of our people are just chirping at each other about topics. But anyways, uh, Jacob Avenatti asks, uh, where do you see Bjork fitting into this lineup? Like I said, I'm a little concerned about that at this point. I'm, I hopefully, hopefully he gets involved in the, in the upper echelon of yeah. of the uh, Boston Bruins lineup. I really don't like the opinions that a lot of Bruins fans have or the placement of him on the fourth line. Um, yeah. If you're going to put him on the fourth line, then make him a trade asset and try to, you know, get something going on uh, elsewhere on this, on this team because he's not utilized properly, in my opinion. But, um, no, I don't want to see him on the uh, fourth line at all. Yeah, I am... Um... I, we can fight about whether Trent Frederick should be on the fourth line or not, but I do not think Richie should be on the third line left side over Bjork. I just don't. Everything that we've seen in these two players say Bjork's a better player. He's really a good, it's good chemistry and um, action from him and Coyle together. Okay. And this, I feel like at this point, I don't care if Richie's getting paid and we, we, for some reason, went out and got him. I'm all for letting him have his due. Again, he is still young, okay? And we already had a preconceived Richie brother thing happening here when he got back. Oh, yeah, by the way, good luck, Calgary. Good luck, Nick Richie. 
Oh, I mean, not Nick Ritchie, Brett Ritchie. Brett, yeah. Ugh, well, fine. I finally learned Nick's name, you know, even though I called him Brett. But, um, okay, uh, we seem to have some kind of medieval night with American flags behind me currently. But that being said, it bothers me if Bjork gets bumped for Ritchie. I feel like Ritchie should be earning his spot on the team, not Bjork, because Bjork's been in the system. York's shown what he can do. He's done what they've asked him to. He's played the right side, the left side. He's centered. He's been up. He's been down. And Nick Ritchie can... can okay, go over there. Um, all right. So, uh, but I'm getting nervous with this. Like, he seems to really love the Ritchie coil. It's making me nervous, like, if he's going to get... Um, pushed out, which seems stupid, you know, just like Carson Coleman's another one. Now I would say Bjork, I'd rather, you know, I like Carson, but like, as for like staying where you're at Bjork, absolutely all day long. But, um, that's thing. All right. So Maria of Watertown, sorry, I think Maria of Watertown. We love you, Maria. I hope that your new year as well. I we thing. Maybe we can uh, chat sometime soon, but she asked if the Bruins struggle with the law, if the Bruins struggle with the losses of Krug and Chara and a plan for defensemen by committee, is this year the year that could make or break Sweeney? All right. You want to stop? All right. Ready? I'll just reread Maria's question. Ready? You're all set. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so Maria of Watertown. Hello, Maria. We love you. Hope your new year is going well. Uh, she asks, um, if the Bruins struggle with the losses of Krug and Chara and our plan for a defense by committee, is this the year that could make or break Sweeney as a GM? That's an interesting, very interesting conversation right there, Maria. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, this can be tough, a real tough one for, um, for everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, the whole uh, Bruins organization is on top of, Don Sweeney right now and his plan moving forward. But this could also be a very integral um, season for management and evaluating the the acts of Don Sweeney and Cam Neely moving forward. So, yeah, I, I, I do believe that, Maria. Yes, I have to agree, Maria. I absolutely think that they're both in the hot seat. Don Sweeney's got a Again, I'm not, I know, I don't, I'm not convinced it's all just coming from above. I think that Sweeney and Neely are in the hot seat and we'll see if what they're doing or have done or what's going on this season. And that's happened in the off season. Um, but I do, I agree. I think Sweeney better refine that plan and prove that the plan's working out. And uh, I get a little concerned. Like I said last week, I think it's not necessarily player egos that are starting to get in the way a little. It's like almost like, like Sweeney needs these draft picks to work out on some level. Do you know what I mean? Like he needs to show that they are at least something. They're not throwaways because they were all high draft picks. You know what I mean? And maybe they shouldn't have all been drafted where they were drafted. That's either. But uh, thank you for the question, Maria. Um, I definitely think Sweeney is in the hot seat, probably nearly two at this point. Midwest Chirps podcast asks, what is your opinion of David Krejci being assisted captain? Uh, do you think he should it should have gone to a younger player like Charlie McAvoy or Jake DeBrusque. You answer that please first. Do you think what, how do you feel about Krejci being assistant captain should have gone to somebody younger? Um, no, I'm good with it. I'm good with Krejci being the, uh, he's the veteran. He's been around for a while. Um, yeah, I think that that's the way it should be done. Um, and I know I'm doubling down on the whole thing about um, Bergeron, 
possibly not taking it because he's like one of those people that's just a, a quiet leader and so on. But um, yeah, I think this is good for him in his last season, uh, and also probably could be a good thing for negotiating a, a further retention. You know, and he could be a player that could be signed for another year or two. So. Yeah, um, I would like to. I don't have an issue with it because I don't think that necessarily putting a C on a young kid is a good thing. Sometimes it puts pressure that doesn't need to be there. You know what I mean? Yet, um, I think though that people seem to forget David Krejci has been an assistant captain. He, the only person who got a new letter was Brad Marchand. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Krejci's been assistant captain. He's been for a long time on and off in this organization. So, like. I would think it'd be weird if Krejci didn't have the A. You know what I mean? Like, that'd be weird to me because the pecking order for, like, just how and it was, like, Chara, and now Chara's not here, so obviously Bergeron gets the C. But Bergeron and um, Krejci are inseparable to me. Like, even though they're two totally different players, just as men have played the game together, they have been shoring up the top two lines of this and flopping as the top two centers for so long. So... Um, I like it. I like that Krejci. And I think it sends a message to keeping the veterans, right? Uh, as the, you know, they're the ones who have this culture. Now that Chara's not here, it's on them to keep the, the culture, quote unquote, going. Yes. So I think it's actually better. Do I think when Bergeron's gone in two years, three years, whatever it'll be, um, I think then you'll see McElvoy or Carla or whoever, you know, by then. I am not on the Charlie Coyle kick as much as everyone is. Like people are like, not because I don't like Charlie Coyle, but for me is um, a couple things, right? One, the Bruins always have, yeah, always have um, our great ones are the defensemen. Like uh, mostly, most of our great, you know, like, like when you think of the thing, um, captains or whatever, the longest serving captains and things like that tend to be. And that's why I lean towards McAvoy maybe going up there. But all right, this one came in late, but we'll take it because it's from Eric Blackie. So listen to me. Oh, Eric. yeah. When I say 1230, I mean 1230, buddy. Big fan of the Eric Blackie and his, and his uh, cousin Chris Blackie, yes, I like Chris. host I know, Chris of the Big Bad Bruins podcast, which you should be listening to. Yeah posted a picture of Krejci, like, you know, Bruins hockey or whatever. And I was like, it makes me happy just to see this picture of Krejci, like, thing. All right. So he asks, are the bees looking to add anyone before the start of the season? What do you think? We still have a couple days. They could cut a bunch of people and still sign some. I honestly back. don't think so. I mean, PTOs could happen and so on, but honestly, contracted players that come in and so on, I don't believe so. I think they're going to do it by committee and, and keep their salary cap the way it is right now, and have some wiggle room at that $3 million range when it comes down to, um, uh, what am I thinking of, the trade deadline. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. Um, so what we have, that, I'm sorry. Hello. All right, we're almost done, people. I'm going to keep it together the last few minutes. Stop rushing. Um, thank Breathe. You. Breathe. Thank you for all. No, I meant to say thank you for your ask. Hashtag Ask BNG questions. I believe Mark has a This Week in Bruins history for us, but then it got confused in my brain. Shock of shocks. I do. Uh, this Week in Bruins history, it was actually yesterday, was when the Boston Bruins officially uh, retired the number four jersey. Or number. Sorry, the number. And uh, shout out to uh, Black and Gold Productions writer Amy Tomlin. She did a fantastic article about um, that day. And uh, please go to blackandgoldhockey.com 
and check out that article. Uh, she did a fantastic job and very proud to have her here. And she does uh, a lot of birthday and histor- historical stuff about the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the article, the Milt Smith article. Yes, that came out. Uh, also, because I'm a, I love that dude, and I just thought it was very. You know, that goes into what we're saying next. This week, that was this week in Bruins history. This week in future history, don't forget the two Jersey games. But we're about done here. We've done the topics. We've done the hashtag BNGs. So I just want to, not as well as Matt normally does, but want to say, don't forget to go over to blackandgoldhockey.com for all your black and gold hockey needs. All our great writers. What do we have, like 30 writers over there? What's going on over there? We got it's a million yep. writers. 30 yep, Banging out awesome content. Uh, we've got... Awesome podcast, not just this podcast, but, you know, Northern Lights and Dump and Chain on, I'm going to forget people, Bruins Breakdown, uh, Lindroth's, listen to their podcast. I know I'm missing somebody, but I'm just trying to do it off the top of my head. Usually Matt does this, Um, but go there. Uh, Also, if you want some NHL gear to get going or even say your team's still in the playoffs feel free to go to click and click on the fanatics banner on our page to uh, help support black and gold hockey. Um, Follow me at Inga, the big mouth, make sure you rate and review this podcast, spread it around people. I love ratings and reviews. Uh, Share with all your friends, Uh, follow Matt and Mark and all the great writers and producers, uh, including our content producers. Oh, uh, BNG weekly is now out on the YouTube channels launched. Yep. And all that good stuff. That being said, I'm going to stop talking and let Mark talk about our great Patreon and also the streaming. Uh, watch him and the Dump and Change Boys on Tuesday. All right. So right now, I'm actually doing this live. We are doing the Patreon. All right. Wait a minute. Yep. We're doing the Patreon giveaway right now. So I'm going to choose a winner for a Bruins-related item and send it right out. So... With that being said, here we go. We're spinning the wheel. And this week's winner is Trent Barry. Nice job, Trent. Thank you so much for your contribution. I really appreciate it. And we will get you your Boston Bruins related item out as soon as possible. So Okay, I'm an idiot. I meant Puck Lines podcast. <laughs> Andrew and ah. new well, I couldn't think of the name of it. I didn't want to say it wrong. Follow them too. Thank you, Trent. I thought he was going to say Trent Frederick for a minute. I was being like, you know what? I just changed my mind about Trent Frederick if he's a friend of this podcast. He's like, he's trying to buy my affection. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Congratulations for winning. Sorry, I just wanted to mention Puck Lines. They launched, and I just want everyone to follow. Exactly. But uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. All the contributions, the reshares, the tweets, and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And the the financial stuff that you do on Black and Gold Hockey uh, dot com on the on the banner and uh, Patreon thing, uh, patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Very good, uh, very cool to have everybody involved in that and helping us cut the cost of our out of pocket uh, expenditures. So, with uh, that being said, Mark Allred, Heather Ingerson, thank you for another awesome fucking week of uh, Boston Bruins hockey talk. Thursday, we're doing this. 2021, yeah. baby. Bruins are fucking back. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. 
please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.